Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I have to admit, I was expecting to have Congressman Burgess Owens on the line right now. Hopefully, uh, he will connect with us here shortly. I am very eager to discuss with with him uh, actually a number of things. He had some uh, strong feelings on the goings-on in the Capitol over the past 24 hours or so with respect to the members of the National Guard who have been 25,000 of them uh, deployed to Washington, D.C. to uh, protect the Capitol building. They were there uh, in the lead up to last weekend when it was uh, expected, at least by the FBI, for there to be uh, some some trouble. (laughs) Uh, And ultimately, and very luckily, uh, that ended up not being the case. Uh, And those members of the National Guard, they stuck around. Uh, through a good chunk of the week and were there, of course, for the inauguration where we never got a chance to discuss this. But if you remember, the big caution coming from the FBI was focused on what was expected to happen at the United States Capitol on Inauguration Day. And with uh, United States Capitol Police on hand in full force and some 25 thousand members of the National Guard protecting uh, the U.S. Capitol, as well as a large, uh, what is described as an unscalable fence surrounding uh, the whole campus. Well, later that day and the next day and today, we are not reporting on any uh, attempted uprises or insurrections or anything like that. And uh, I credit, uh, I credit the deterring uh, force of the National Guard. Anyway, uh, Congressman Owens, I saw earlier this morning, was offering commentary on uh, on how they have been treated. And if I'm honest with you, I'm getting different stories from different sources. I've been in touch with uh, members of the National Guard myself who have been assigned to protect the Capitol, uh, who say that, you know, sometimes when you are on the job and when you are completing a mission, sometimes to, to, to catch some Zs, you, uh, you lay down where you are. And sometimes your breaks are taken in, you know, not so comfortable circumstances, but uh, we train for exactly this. And our readiness depends on being to spring to action exactly where we are. On the other hand, there are members of Congress who have looked at, you know, where some of these National Guard members have been sent to rest and say it's, it's, it's terrible. It's awful. It's unacceptable. We ask these uh, young men and women to put their lives on hold and to put their lives on the line, even, to protect us. 
And under these odd circumstances, we are asking them to protect us here in our nation's capital on uh, home soil. And yet we can't give them comfortable accommodations. Uh, So you'll have to maybe talk to the member of the National Guard in your life, maybe someone who is out there. I I really, I really think that uh, to get the best understanding of the experience, whether or not they were mistreated, uh, whether or not they were, uh, you know, not able to enjoy, uh, you know, the comforts that were due to them. Speak to someone in uniform. Speak to someone in uniform. Uh, Joining us on the line now, we've established a connection, is Congressman Burgess Owens. Uh, Congressman, sir, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you so much. Looking forward to talking with you, for sure. Yeah, uh, listen, let me me start this conversation this way. There, There are two things playing out. One of them is the response to your vote against the electoral count of Pennsylvania uh, stemming back to the 6th of January. Uh, there are those, and I've been you know, following online and uh, you know, keeping an eye on how, at least on social media, folks are, are reacting to your vote, and it has been uh, overwhelmingly negative. And some are even uh, attributing to you and that decision uh, some of what took place later on in the day. Uh, and then, so that, that, that's, that's one. Two uh, is, a, is a letter that I was very uh, encouraged to see signed by you and a number of other freshman members of the House of Representatives committing to, despite your ideological differences, work together on behalf of the American people with the new Biden administration. That letter signed on Inauguration Day. So with with those two realities, uh, will you talk to me a bit about that? How do you first respond uh, to, to the negative reactions to your vote of January 6th and then talk to me about how that may have led to the signing of this January 20th letter. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, and I, I say the, the, the great thing about what we're going through right now is we finally have a chance to kind of get a little bit of an education to how our Constitution works, how our, our, uh, our system works, and, and, the, and, the, and the responsibility of representatives, representatives to stand for we the people. Uh, now, at the end of the, end of the day, uh, there, are, there are millions of Americans who have concerns about what happened. Seventy percent of the Democrats, thirty percent of independents, and seventeen percent of Demo- uh, I mean, I'm sorry, seventy percent of the Republicans, thirty percent of independents, and seventeen percent of Democrats. So those voices need to be heard. I, what I did is I voted for to object to Pennsylvania. I grew up in I spent twenty three years in Pennsylvania. I understand the laws of Pennsylvania, and it's designed there so that it's uh, it is not designed for a county clerk or a governor to change the rules of the of the game at the very last minute, and I think I think it was important that that, that voice be heard. Now, the other thing is understand is Pennsylvania represents 20, 20 electoral electoral colleges uh, vote votes. Arizona represented eleven. I did I I, I objected to Pennsylvania twenty votes. There's uh, 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 President Biden won by seventy four. There was no way that either one of those two states were going to stop the election. Right. What it was, though, was an opportunity for us to have a conversation for the first time before that, before the riot. It would have been a great time for people to tune in to hear hear issues and concerns that we had not heard before. And, and just the last to, to the last point, this is nothing new, by the way. In twenty, uh, in two thousand, right. two thousand five, and two thousand sixteen, the Democrats did the exact same thing. Matter of fact, they they uh, uh, they objected to seven states. So this is nothing new, and uh, I think it's unfortunate that 
that, uh, that first of all, we have not been educated well enough to know what's going on with, with our Constitution yeah. and the responsibility of representatives to, to stand for those voices not being heard. Listen, let me, let me tell you, our, our time is tight. We have about two minutes, and I'm sorry for that because there, there are many questions I'd like to ask you. But let's move now to the letter, uh, and we'll get into the contents of the letter in just a moment, which very basically commits you and a, a number of other freshman representatives in the Congress to, despite, again, ideological differences, working together uh, with the Biden administration on behalf of the American people. Uh, it goes on uh, and explains much more than that. Uh, but you, pen and paper, have signed your name uh, to this commitment. Uh, wh- why'd you do that? Well, and if I had had a chance to, to give my speech on the, the, the floor that night, uh, of the, the riot, uh, I ended my talk the same way. We, what we believe in, number one, is what, whoever is in the House, we, we respect the, 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 the office of presidents. And whoever is in that House needs to have our respect and our support. And we'll support as long as we are on the same page in terms of getting to the end game. The most powerful thing, Lee, that we have as a nation is the power of we the people. We talk. We debate. We come up with, a, with a, a, a solution at the end of the day, even though we might be on different parts, different sides of the aisle, as long as our end game is the same. If in case there are policies been in place that do not support, do not highlight what is, is right for this district or District 4, for Utah or our country, I will stand adamantly against anything, any, Democrat or Republican, that does that. If it is for the good of the people here, and particularly across our country, I am totally uh, with it. And that's what this freshman team uh, stated in the letter. We are all aboard in terms of making sure we, uh, our country proceeds forward in the best way, and I hope we do so. Uh, we cannot do so, though, if we're, if we're pushing our agenda, pushing the agenda through uh, uh, executive orders, uh, versus uh, versus getting together and having these conversations. Uh, on so that, just on that, that point. On that, we can certainly agree. Listen, Congressman Owens, I apologize. We are out of time. I'd love to continue this conversation. I want to talk to you about the National Guard. I want to talk to you about Utah's Fourth. We'll have to uh, book a time in the future to com- to finish this conversation. But if nothing else, folks listening here, uh, w- what you have done on January 20th, you have on paper uh, committed to uh, working with, not necessarily agreeing, you have uh, and you recognize your ideological differences, but on behalf of the American people working together with the administration. Uh, you and the other members of Congress uh, signed to this letter are going to be held to that. Uh, and I include my name in the list of folks uh, who will be watching you and watching uh, how the rest of this freshman class and the whole of the United States Congress uh, acts moving forward uh, with this spirit of working together going forward. And I am confident and optimistic uh, that we'll be able to, you and others will, uh, fulfill your words. So thank you, sir, for your time, and uh, and thank you for thank representing you. Utah's Fourth. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All righty. Uh, we got to take a quick break. I'm sorry. That, that conversation, we, we, we should have spoken for much longer. Time is what it is, though. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, I'm going to share with you the top two stories at 2 o'clock. That's coming up on the next segment of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.